Hello, everyone. Welcome to Rad Talk, where sports and medicine collide. I'm Dennis. This is Gage. We're going to be doing over a little bit different things today. Gage is going to go into some details and some questions that we got. I'm going to let him take it away. So I got to first tell a little, little uh, story here. All right. Mm-hmm. I went to the few, most of us, I think most of the people, they listen instead of watch. But if you watch our videos on YouTube or whatever, you can tell, uh, one of the first five episodes, I think we're on episode six here. I had a nice, just luscious, luscious beard. Um, so I only, I cut my hair and trim my beard at the same time. Like I don't do it, but I go have somebody do it. So I went to get it done on you know Saturday or whatever it was. And um, I walk in and it's at Sport Clips, which I'm sure most people are familiar with. So they print out this little, almost like a receipt, but it tells you like, hey, this is what the, he gets every time. So she's like, oh, we're going to do X, Y, and Z for the hair. And I'm like, yeah. And she looks at me and she's like, uh, we're going to trim the beard too. And I said, uh, yeah, we're going to, we're going to trim the beard. She's like, how do you normally want it done? And I'm like, usually I tell them just like trim the dead ends. Like don't take much length. Just make me look not homeless. Um, and then on the, you know, the mustache, like I don't want to eat it. Like when I'm eating real food, I don't want the mustache in my mouth too. But I was like, this time I think you can take a little bit of length. I was like, I'm tired of having such a long, it's getting warm, you know, here everywhere but I so I told her that she didn't say anything else she she said okay that's fine Mm -hmm. in my mind I'm like okay normally they ask like how much so Mm -hmm. I'm already panicking I'm already panicking (laughs) so she 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 does the um side of my heads you know the sides Mm -hmm. of my head and uh then stops and she goes to the beard and she gets this comb and she combs it out, yada, yada, yada. And she does the thing where she puts the hair in the comb and then uses the comb and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. trims it. And she mm-hmm. just starts going. And she took off so much. I was, I panicked inside. She did the first side and she took off so much. I started sweating almost immediately. I was like, oh no, she's going to take off way too much. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit, here we go. Like, oh. So I, w- I did, I did like, you started nervous sweating. I feel like sweat running down my legs and stuff. Cause I'm like, you're going to mess this up, but I can't say anything. Like I can't have you do one side short and then the other side, like the way I wanted it. So I just right. let her go. And I mean, this is the result. It still hides my double chin, which is good, but <laughs> I worked hard for that. You know, you work hard yeah. for that beard. I'm like, I know it's hair and it'll grow back, but I was like, oh, I can't go back to you. I didn't say this to her. This is all in my head, but I'm like, I can't go back to you. You just ruined my pride and joy. <laughs> My luckily, luckily, she didn't mess the mustache up. They do. One lady did it. I like it like on the lip. One lady mm. just said, you know, screw it. Like, I'm going to go. And she just, and it's like all the way up by my nose. And I'm like, oh, I look so stupid. I could just feel the wind on my, on my lip. And I'm like, that was too much. But uh, moral of the story is make sure that they ask how much <laughs> you're going to take off that beer. They're going to take the whole thing off. Or just sweat, so, just sweat really bad. I, yeah, you, you look different from our uh, our, our main yeah. photo there. It's, you've I changed. Maybe we'll, yeah, look at maybe that. We'll, maybe we'll put a new photo up now that you know. You no, no, no. Well, we'll get back to that. <laughs> I worked hard for that. So, all right. It so, we'll. That was my. That was my weekend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna do like Dennis said a little bit of different uh, take on things here. So we have a question, a couple questions. One is they're both from Reddit. Uh, but one is very long. So I wanted to kind of break it down. Let me see if I can get the question. It's very long. And I think you can answer all of it. I can answer some of it as well. But the, there's a, the first part of it is very much suited for you. Uh, so it comes from, and I won't say the username just in case. But they asked, I pretty much just told them, this is who we are. I didn't use our names or anything. I just said, we have a podcast. If you have questions, mm-hmm. send them here, ask us, you know, whatever. So most people just ended up posting in the on the thread itself. So we got some good ones. We're going to start with this one because it's something I've never thought about, and but it's something you are probably, as we talked off camera, you're a little more familiar with. Mm-hmm. So she mentions, or she asks, why do you think an advanced ultrasound practitioner position or advanced degree has not been implemented within imaging? She goes on to say there are advanced cardiac programs, but she wonders why, I shouldn't say she, but they wonder why there's not like a general, a vascular, or an OBGYN uh, you know, specialty etc um so we can start with that is there do you know anything like that you know and 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 uh when i was in school i can remember um teachers telling me that you know 
is coming soon. There's going to mm-hmm. be a master's degree program for an advanced sonographer. Or a, I mean, at this point, looking back, it'd probably be a doc, you know, doctorate's degree program, which yeah. is everything the world's going. Um, and I think that it's probably not happened um, because of the amount of, I guess, the amount of knowledge that we would have to, the, the probably the responsibility that we would be mm-hmm. taking on also probably money uh it would take money away from the radiologists um which you know i know other pas and and nps and and middle mid-level practitioners um that have taken the roles of doctors in various in various ways i mean in majority in a lot of ways just taking over completely i mean they act alone they they stand alone um they don't even have a doctor that it says physician assistant but i mean they Mm-hmm. they can do primary care they don't need a doctor above i them. mean even an ultrasound it's already happened or not ultrasound but radiology it's happened specifically right. in ultrasound it's never happened on the diagnostic side which we'll get into their question a little bit more in depth shortly but yeah so my yeah. one of my i already responded on reddit so i can talk a little bit about what mm-hmm. i said but you mentioned one of them but the big thing so just nps pas exist but they're more on the procedural side of things they don't really do anything diag- you know, so far. They don't do anything diagnostically. Right. Well, and, and you know, I met, um, I met one radiologist assistant before. And I, honest to goodness, I didn't even know it was something that existed. But, yeah, he, he was basically, a, you know, he acts as like a PA or NP mm-hmm. and, and does all of the interventional procedures uh, for the radiologist. And the radiologist kind of just oversees it, checks him make sure that, you know, mm-hmm. everything, the Thor, the para, the whatever it is, is done correctly or whatever he's doing in CT and, and things. Um, and that was a, he had a, he had a bachelor's degree, mm-hmm. which is, I don't which was kind of interesting. I don't know if that, if that is still a bachelor's degree. And I think in that thing, it might limit, um, you know, because if you're a PA, I think you have a very broad spectrum of things that you can do. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a, a RA radiologist assistant, um, you're very specific and you're, not stuck to doing that but you're that's what you do and mm-hmm. so if the hospital if the radiologists want to be the one to do the procedures then i guess they don't need you um and so you can you can kind of limit yourself but if you could get yourself a good gig where you're doing the procedures for them and it might work out for you um yeah. as far as is practitioner for like reading ultrasounds um you know i i've been told my whole career that it's coming it's coming it's coming um, and I, I mean, I guess if there's something else I don't know about, but I, I, the more I think about it, the more I just don't know how it will exist, um, mm-hmm. with, with reading and recommendations, because if you're a, you know, they said, well, you know, it was always told to me that the sonographer, this would be an advanced sonographer that could read the exams and put a dictation to something. But, um, and I think you put something in my mind. I didn't even think about like, if we need to recommend, CT or recommend an MRI mm-hmm. or that's something that I mean I guess it can be taught and learned um over two years or that you'd be whatever you would be learning this advanced degree but then the liability um when this mm-hmm. liability that because a radiologist yeah. is going to be comfortable with um putting somebody's name and then their name below their name and I guess that's where again the trust comes into play because I even think that um sonographers and maybe in, in other countries are a lot of times doctors um as opposed to the states where you know we can do it under our degrees yeah. just because you we've talked about before you guys have to trust us so much that we're giving you all the images that mm-hmm. you need to make the right dictations um and if we miss something then you don't dictate it um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, we can't dictate what we can't see, what you don't show right, us. So, right, right, and then, and I think that's where you know you got to trust, and then you also have to be willing to go in there and say, you know, I need extra images, or I you need to go get the images yourself how you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, but you know, also you're in a busy, busy hospital. You like, I need to read all of these stat things. I don't necessarily have a lot of time to be going in there and back scanning for you all the time. Yeah. And so I think that leaves a lot of. Um, opportunity for for like problems um 
and so I, I just don't see, I, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I, I mean, could an advanced practitioner happen in ultrasound? Probably. Um, there's a lot of things that happen in medicine that I'm unsure of that should exist. Um, mm -hmm. I think that it's possible and I would have to like really think about like how it could be beneficial, um, mm -hmm. to the radiologist, to the sonographer, and not like just the risk outweigh the benefits. So yeah. I, I, but, yeah, there but, were, yeah. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things to think about in terms of mm -hmm. advanced. First thing you have to answer is, are they going to be independent or are they still going to be under us? Like a PA or an MP usually right. is under a doctor that still co-signs right. all their work or whatever. If they're going to be independent, then what we're saying doesn't matter because they're going to have to deal with everything themselves. Um, so I think the first issue you kind of mentioned is the obvious one, which is money. Um, most radiologists, even if they're not comfortable with ultrasound, <clears throat> ultrasound is still a really good tool in terms of, I, for me personally, I think it's better for screening. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you get cirrhosis checks, all this kind of stuff. Um, right. It's good for diagnostics, cholecystitis. It's actually the best. So it has its uses outside right. of screening, mm -hmm. but I think it's a really good screening tool. It's really good in kids because there's no radiation. Right. The issue in kids is just kids. They're, they move around a lot. They're not always the most cooperative, which is a big deal in all of imaging, but especially in ultrasound. Right. Uh, so it's good for screening. And with being a screening tool, you then have to know what to recommend next, which in some cases it's easy. So if you see a cirrhotic with a liver lesion, you're like, oh, this needs to be, likely it's going to be an MR, but you know it's going to be a liver protocol, CT or MR. Mm -hmm. But it can get a little hairy in terms of uh, you mentioned the CT or the cholecystitis and you said CT. HIDA is actually probably the next step. Mm -hmm. So nuclear medicine would be better than in some cases would be better than CT. Mm -hmm. So you have to think of all these things right, about right. what comes next. So ultrasound definitely has its uses. And mm -hmm. but getting back to the point of money, it's not super challenging to read ultrasound. Most of the time, it's pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to read for the most part, even if we're not comfortable with it. We'll take what you guys said and use mm -hmm. our experience and it's usually pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to read most of the time. Mm -hmm. It pays pretty well. It's still expensive to get an ultrasound. So the RVUs, you know, the time it takes to read for what you could pay for it is worth it. So it's not, it's not something that radiologists are going to want to willingly give up mm -hmm. to, especially non-doctors. <clears throat> and the other issue with that is we've talked about it, I don't know, on camera, off camera, whatever. Mm -hmm. Some places read OB, some places mm -hmm. read vascular, some right. places don't. So mm -hmm. if you're at a hospital that doesn't read OB or vascular, then you're going to also be infringing on their territory by wanting to sign your own DVT studies or your own whatever right. OB yeah. scans. So yeah. it's not just radiology that you would have to deal with. And right. we may be, we're known for giving away things probably a little too easily. Or like most people don't know that we used to do heart caths as radiologists, but we teach you know, now you teach the cardiologists do it. Now they do it. We mm -hmm. used to have all the vascular stuff. Now we teach vascular surgeons to do it. Now they can do it. So mm -hmm. we're known for giving stuff away, but I think we would be a little hesitant in this mm -hmm. scenario to just freely give away such a, an easy and not good tool as like ultrasound. Right. So money would be the, the big one. Right. First. And, and I wonder even, and then, you know, does that, and I'm like thinking ahead, but like, does that open Pandora's box to maybe there's an advanced level CT. Uh, yeah, well, of course it does. Or, yeah. Or it's not going to stop with yeah. ultrasound. So, and so, yeah, does that, you know, and then, and then you, you're subsetting. Yeah. Like next thing, an advanced level x-ray and then they read the x-ray, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And then next thing, you know, the radiologist, you're like, not obsolete, but man, you're really, you're really shooting. I mean, some places foot. don't quote me on this, but maybe Oregon have already started letting like, um, MPs and PAs read x-rays which mm -hmm. out of all the stuff we read, you could say x-ray is the most straightforward, but there's yeah. still a whole bunch of information to be gathered. Right. So if you look at me reading an x-ray, we'll take MSK because that's what I specialized in. I'm going to be much better than someone who's not trained in MSK at reading just a simple x-ray. There's so much more I can tell you that they can't. Right. So even for something as straightforward, seemingly straightforward as x-ray, there's yeah. still so much that we know that non- yeah you know, radiology trained people aren't going to know. 
and it's it's just not it's it's a dangerous game i think for yeah and i feel like i think i've worked at facilities where um if an x-ray was ordered ordered in the er a lot of the er doctors would read the x-rays too mm-hmm. they would you know read it before the radiologist yeah. you got to send it to vrad or whatever so that way they can get yeah. it quicker so that's that opens up another tangent but they should be able to read preliminary their own mm-hmm. right if you're looking for pneumonia and you see something that you think right, there maybe is pneumonia and clinically they have a white count and it fits. Okay, yeah. fine. Don't wait for me to read it. Go right. for it. Yeah. But what they don't want is what the next aspect of why I don't think this will ever, um, no, I won't say ever, but the next issue, which is liability, right? So people that read their quote unquote, read their own studies, they don't want the liability mm-hmm. of whatever it is they're not looking at. So if they're interested in the lungs, that's all they look at. So they're going to, they're going to miss, maybe there's a bone tumor or something on the outside of the image that they don't see they're going to miss. Yeah. So if you open up for advanced imagers to read their own, then they're going to take the, if they're on their signing their own liabilities on them. Right. I'm not sure. And we yeah. talked about this again, off camera, this is not something, and not something I experienced until this year. Mm-hmm. So as a, I'm, I'm what's called a billing fellow. So I can sign, technically I can sign all my own reports as final. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here they let us sign our own x-rays. So I've been signing my own x-rays for nine months or whatever it is. So it's not something I experienced until I got here. But mm-hmm. when your name is the only name on the bottom of that report, even if you, even if I go, so if an advanced imager comes in and says, hey, Dennis, what do you think this is? Mm-hmm. You, you're like, oh, here, maybe it's this, yada, yada, yada. Right. You're essentially just giving advice, right? Right. My impression. But when then it's so i can ask my attendings hey what do you think this is and they're like oh you know maybe xyz i still the one that has to hit sign on that report and take responsibility if it's not x y or z right so yeah and it's just not something you can you'll ever experience until you can final sign your own reports right i mean i still remember hitting sign on my first like chest x-ray the first (laughs) thing i ever signed was a chest Mm x-ray It's, I mean, I think it was negative, but you're like, this is a scary feeling because if this is not negative, now this is going to come back and haunt me. So I think the liability aspect is something maybe you guys, not you, but as an ultrasound text, as a field, wouldn't think about because this person said what you have said before in the sense that, oh, I pretty much write the report for the radiologist. So, you know, I should, I could be trained to do this, which Mm -hmm. maybe is true. But you do write the quote unquote write the report for us, but yeah. you don't take any responsibility for that report. No. So if you if we miss something and all essentially all we did was copy your report, I'm the one that's gonna get sued, not you. Right, right. So yeah. you know, and 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 I need to probably look into this more because I always, you know, as sonographers, we talk about getting sued or going into mm-hmm. court court cases and things like that. And so I don't know, I've, I've never met a sonographer that's had to go into a court case because they did negligence or they didn't yeah. see something or they, what, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, I don't know how that would work. It's probably because ultimately we take all the, the blame for it. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. the lawyer is going to say, well, why didn't you go in and scan or why didn't you do this, that, or the other? So right. And I'm not trying to absolve, I'm not saying your job's easy or anything. Like, I'm just telling you, this is, that would be a reality you would have to face yeah. if you wanted to sign your own reports. And I, and I'll bet you too. I mean, everything is money driven. So, you know, mm-hmm. the patient's going to come after the hospital because yeah. the yeah, they go got, after the big fish first. Yeah. And then, and then they're going to trickle down to the doctor yeah. that did sign it because with your guy, with malpractice insurance, you know, mm-hmm. all, all those things. So they're just going to, and so no one's going to come after the, the sonographer who mm-hmm. doesn't, who yeah. doesn't have the money, you know, that yeah. they could, why would you go after the smallest fish? Yeah. It's not going to bring you the most amount of money or justice or whatever yeah. you know, you're looking for. And then on the flip side, if you're not going to sign your own reports, then you're just, uh, I don't know how to put this nicely, but you're just a glorified resident. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've never worked with residents in terms of signing their reports until I got to here. Yeah, so yeah. I have to sign their reports from overnight because they end, they sign overnight studies by themselves prelim. We have to come in and finalize it. Uh-huh. And to be frank, I would rather just do it myself. <laughs> it's so much easier to just create your own report right. than it is to say, I have to look at Dennis's report. I have to mm-hmm. look at the images. Then I have mm-hmm. to go back to Dennis's report and say, did he mention this? Do I agree? Did he spell everything right? 
all this information. So it takes me twice as long to go through your report and sign it than it would to just create it myself. So in my, and I mentioned this on Reddit, in my opinion, if you're not independent, I'd rather to do it, keep it the way it is or do it myself. Yeah. You can, you can give me your report on your paper or whatever. Hey, here's what I saw. I'll say, okay, cool. I'll look at the images. Here's what he saw. I agree. I don't agree, but it's just so much easier to sign your own, to do your own work than it is to check somebody else's work. Right. And I think the, the only way I can compare to that is, is a sonographer with students and we go in, we allow our, we allow the students to scan. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times they scan alone in a room and then you go in, you have to look at their images Yep. And then you have to rescan to make sure that they didn't miss anything. Or then you have to like mm-hmm. delete images. And so you're just like, man, it should have been so much faster if I just did it myself. Did it myself. Exactly. But then you're, so, then you're like, oh, you're like, well, we all had to start somewhere. They have to learn. You yeah. Know, you, have, you have that curve. You have to allow mm-hmm. them to fail or allow them to try or whatever it is. So those were the, those were the two biggest issues I saw immediately. I'm sure there's other more nuanced issues yeah. that we yeah. could think of. Um, but the question goes on. This is another part that I think we can talk about together before we get to the, the, the last part of it, but they go on to ask, how do you think an advanced image practitioner imager or whatever could help radiologists? Um, Mm -hmm. so I gave a a very quick example, which is we've already talked about and it's kind of already the model, Mm -hmm. but it's procedures. So -hmm. it's low level procedures like paras and thoras, thyroid biopsies, all that kind of stuff. I don't need to be there for that. Yeah. It's so much easier if someone else can do it. One, it doesn't pay very well. So in the time it takes me to do the para, I could have read a knee MRI, which as a MSK train is gonna take me five minutes. Mm -hmm. So maybe I could read two. So the amount of time you do this, I just read two several thousand dollar exams. They're going to pay us more. Uh, They're going to be more mentally stimulating for me because that's what I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. So my partners are going to be happier because I'm helping them cut through the list instead of dicking right. around with this para. This right. guy comes in every third day. Like it's just, right. so the procedure aspect for me is the easy, is the easy answer. And it's already in play. Yeah. We have one here that helps with procedures where I'm going as an attending has a, uh, I think it's a PA that does all of the small procedures. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I elaborated in the sense that, they asked, you know, how could we help? And with procedures in general, I've experienced this where I trained. So you, and you'll be familiar with this. In mm-hmm. my opinion, it's not unique to ultrasound, but in my opinion, the mm-hmm. tech should get everything ready, right? Yeah. So if you, if you as the tech, right. Dennis knows we're about to do a para, he knows yeah. how to set up a para tray, right? It's right. not rocket science. You've done it before. You know what it looks like. So yeah. in my mind, you should set up the tray. Before mm-hmm. the patient, either if you have to go get him or someone else brings him in, whatever. Right. Set it up before the patient gets in the room. Boom. Tray's done. That's the longest part of almost any, you know, low-level procedure is setting the tray up. Sure. So you set the tray up. Then the patient is brought in. You do the consent, a basic consent. Say, hey, here's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yada, yada, yada. Just get them to sign the paper. Then when yeah. I walk in, I can say, here's my spiel. Do you have any yeah. questions? Boom. Right. We're done. Yeah. Uh, and then if I trust you, so if I work with you, I would trust you to do the next part, which yeah. is then you scan, right? So everyone should do a quick scan of the area. For sure. Um, if you find it, mark mm-hmm. it. I'll let right. you mark the skin, whether the, yeah. you know, whether it's a parathora, if it's a biopsy, whatever. You mm-hmm. mark it, you mm-hmm. clean it. Mm-hmm. So by the time I walk in the room, all I say is, hey, I'm Dr. Eggers. Boom. Here's what mm-hmm. we're going to do. Yeah. Um, Dennis has already briefly explained to you. Here's the major risks. You know, do you right. have any questions? Boom. Right. We've cut a 30 minute process into 15 minutes. Right. So yeah. I walk in, I stick the needle in. If it's a pair or a Thora, I want you guys, Thora less so, but I want you guys to be comfortable watching. So I don't have to sit there and watch 10 liters of fluid drain out of his abdomen. <laughs> you know, uh, I've had some, you, I'm sure you've worked with some where they're not comfortable. Yeah. Uh, I won't say his name, but we had a, a good tech, you know, where I trained. Mm-hmm. Um, you know who he is, but mm-hmm. he would take care of all this. You walk mm-hmm. in, you do it, you walk out, he does the rest. Right. So it's a 30 second thing. But if I have to sit in there and watch the fluid drain out, that takes time away from me, right? I can't be on the list. Yeah. So then you're adding time uh, for me. You're making everything more uncomfortable for everyone else. Cause we're kind of just awkwardly standing there unless we find something interesting to talk about. 
Right. So I should be able to walk in, do it, and leave is the overall point of yeah. what I'm trying to say. And that's not unique to ultrasound. I think that should happen for all low-level fluoro, CT guided, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that's where you guys, an advanced imager, could really help. Yeah. I think I think the only pushback you would get probably is the marking of the skin. I think that would yeah. be... Um, I mean, if it's a pair of Thora, you guys are going to scan anyway and find the fluid. For Just sure. mark on the skin and tell me where the fluid is. Yeah, I'm going to check myself. I'm going to, when I, I want, essentially, I want you to tell me where to put the probe when I'm about right. to do the procedure. Yeah, if yeah, I don't yeah. like it, obviously I'm going to change it. For sure. Um, that makes sense. But I don't want to walk in to do a Thora and you're like, oh, I was at rib interspace 910 and I'm up here at like five, six looking for this. No, just mark it. So I know where to put the probe. I can walk yeah, in awesome. and be like, boom, we're done. Yeah. yeah. I'm not awesome. asking you to pick the like a, a kidney biopsy site. Give me a rough general right. area of where the kidney is if this space right. is huge it's going to be hard yeah so yeah, yeah. that makes sense yeah yeah i, I see what you're if saying if the liver if you need if you find the lesion that we're interested in on a liver just uh, either tell me right. in person like hey here's where i was or just yeah. mark the skin right. and then i can change it obviously i'm not if i don't like it i'm not going to go in there just because oh you know i don't want to upset dennis's feelings <laughs> that he picked the spot and i'm not this is completely fucking wrong i'm like no if i don't like the spot i'll tell you i don't like the spot right, right, it's just right. more about like mm-hmm. i don't want to waste your time i don't want to yeah. waste my time i don't want to waste the patient's time so if we can speed this process up then let's mm-hmm. let's do yeah. it yeah i really i really like you know and i still have worked with a lot of radiologists that do these procedures these different things and, and i'm and mm-hmm. i'm now that you're mentioning that i am surprised that more hospitals don't just hire somebody Instead of, you know, you, like you said, you could have read X amount of exams that would have made the hospital more, more money. You would mm-hmm. have got more things read as opposed to I'm pulling you away from getting things read or I could pay somebody substantially less than what you would be probably bringing in from reading more studies mm-hmm. um, and just let them do the procedures for the department in totality, whether that's, we need, yeah. I need two PAs or two NPs or two, what, you know, radiologist assistants, and they just jump from CT to yep. whatever it is, you know, um, now that like, from like my business mind is like, well, why, like, man, this is, boy, we're wasting a lot of money, time, effort. And maybe it's just, we can't find people to hire who's a PA or NP or whatever that wants to mm-hmm. work in radiology. Um, but that should be like the go-to of, of everything. Like, get let you guys like just focus on reading yeah and then if we need you for something like you're there but yeah that's yeah we'll be obviously we're not just gonna unless you're signing independently we'll always be there if something happens you just come get us but right right right. usually these things are so straightforward that right nothing ever happens or if you're i mean you could struggle to find it or whatever but usually they're so straightforward i think there was another two other areas um that i mentioned and one we've already talked about one was protocols i think you guys should be heavily involved in designing the protocols because you do it all day every day so you you know how to do it the best way to do a dbt study or best way to should a write upper quadrant include the liver or whatever so that was something and then the last one was um oh the the questions so i said if if someone calls and they're like i have patient with xyz you know, what study should I order? If mm-hmm. you think it's not ultrasound, like ultrasound is not the best modality, then yeah. you turf it back to us. But mm-hmm. if you think ultrasound is the best modality, I think you guys are the ones that should take the phone call and say, oh, that's a right upper quadrant. Oh, that's a this or that's a that. And then yeah, yeah, it would just take away, because especially in private practice, we get interrupted a lot with phone calls and it just slows you down so much. Just dumb phone calls that someone else could handle. Yeah. I- I think that's tough too, because then you're, you're recommending something that we think, you know, is we're specialized in one field where you guys know, you know, I should do mm-hmm. an, I think you should do an MRA for this, right? I think you mm-hmm. should do a CTA or, or, or yeah. whatever. I mean, we would be available. So if you could, you wanted yeah. to act, it'd be easier if you walked in to my room and we had 15 second interaction yeah. instead of me picking up the phone call or picking up the phone Maybe I have to go look at the images because they want to look at this for whatever reason. So I, I just feel like it would be easier yeah, if yeah. you stepped in and said, hey, I have patient XYZ, boom. You think ultrasound, you think something else. And then mm-hmm. if I say ultrasound, you take off and you say, oh, it's a kidney. Oh, it's yeah, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, yeah. I, I, I see what you're saying. Like anything, yeah. And then it said if I take the phone call and I'm like, oh, yeah, I think that's best suited for ultrasound. So then I wasted my time with the phone call. Then I have to, oh, I have, let me transfer you to our, to Dennis, who will then tell you which, you know, so then I have to transfer it. So I think it, if you're the point person, Mm-hmm. I think it should be not just ultrasound, right? So CT could take the questions. And then if you, ha- if they, if you guys as techs have questions, then you come to us, come to us and yeah. we can answer it. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. It's, uh-huh. I think it's, I think it's tough though too, because I feel like they want to go, it would, I feel like a lot of times it's nice if they can go straight to the source. Um, mm-hmm. Great to you guys, but same time, I, I, I feed these questions all the time where people do, they come and they say, you know, I want this, what do you think? And you're like, well, I think, According yeah. to in my world, this is what we would do. And so, and so that uh, there's just a lot of radiology, man. I mean, they just, they, even they, the question that you asked about the other day about the, uh, doing the vascular on the arm. Yeah. You could answer that and say, Hey, this is not indicated. Right. They have a PE. You're going to systemically treat them with a blood thinner. So it doesn't right. matter if they have a clot in their arm. Right. Or it's stem You know, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that's true. But, uh, so that covers most of that question. So this is, uh, the last part of the question is we talked off camera. They mm-hmm. specifically mentioned that things are kind of laid out really well. They mentioned that they have a master's degree uh, mm-hmm. already. So they were wondering what's, I guess, the pathway for kind of career advancement. And they specifically mentioned that it's it's really nicely laid out for nurses. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, I think you would be best suited to answer this part because I really don't deal with kind of career advancement stuff. So I'll leave yeah. that one for you. Yeah. And I think, uh, and I think, you know, maybe I'm biased, but I think I agree with this individual. I think nursing, there's a lot of landscape of, you know, you get your master's degree of nursing and then you become a, a charge nurse, a, new, a nurse supervisor. And there's lots of charge nurses, depending on every shift, you have a new charge nurse. Um, and so that can give you some experience. Then you becoming a nursing supervisor and then you become a nurse manager you go AOD, a lot of nurses, I've, I've worked with nurses that ran radiology departments, that ran ultrasound departments, um, that were CEOs of hospitals. I worked at, I think one of my travel jobs, the CEO of the hospital was, had a nursing background. Um, but you don't see many like master's degree folks who have an X-ray or in CT or an MRI or what are reading mm-hmm. radiology modality that's kind of moved up. Um, through the ranks, at least from what I've, I haven't seen a lot of folks um, that way. And so I, I've been, um, I've been throughout my travels, I've been offered various supervisor manager roles. Um, and I think the thing it's, I think it all boils down to if you can get to know people and people like you and, and that's your best opportunity because you are, you are limited to going up the radiology rank, whether you're uh, x-rays, if you're, if you like, if you are a ultrasound, if you do ultrasound, you have a master's degree, which I have both of those. Um, and I wanted to go be the x-ray or I wanted to be a supervisor. I'm kind of limited to being the ultrasound supervisor. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of places won't look at me as being an x-ray supervisor, because what do you know about x-ray? Um, yeah, you have, nothing. You know, yeah. Not, yeah, you don't know anything about x-ray, but but what's crazy is they'll look at a nurse and I've seen nurses be over mm-hmm. x-ray and like, what do you know about x-ray? Yeah. Not by less you know, nothing. And yeah. so uh, it's, it's, I think it's just how it is in the hospital, but I, I think, think we talked a little bit, but their mobility is much easier for them. Right. Yeah. They don't, they go through nursing school. They don't pick, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to be a cardiac nurse or an ortho nurse or ENT. They don't pick. Right. So they just go through a nursing school and then they can pick afterwards. So when they get tired of working in ortho after a couple of years, they can go, Hey, I'm going to go do ENT or I'm going to go do this, which then gives them more, one more skills because they mm-hmm. just have a broader skill set. Uh, you get to know more people. So I think the, the fact that they can kind of move around and do whatever they want really helps them as opposed to I, the equivalent for you guys would be, I have to do ultrasound. Oh, I also have to be registered in x-ray or CT or MR which is right. not most of the time, not practical. X-ray CT is practical because they're one's a glorified version of the other, but to do anything like ultrasound and MR are, are distinctly their own things and they're both very complicated. Mm-hmm. So to be certified or whatever in both of them is asking a lot. Yeah. yeah so, sure. and, and I think that also helps with um, burnout for nurses. I, mean, I know nurses get burned out yeah. a lot 
I'm not saying that, but yeah. if you're an ER nurse and you're just like constantly getting hounded, um, you just get shit on by homeless people and all this other stuff. It can really take a toll. And yeah, like you can just, Oh, I'm tired of this. I'm going to go do, I'm going to go do the outpatient, right? I'm an outpatient ortho nurse now. Like it's, they're not even remotely related. Right. Or you can be, you can be a school nurse, you know, you could work with with kids. You can be uh, an OB nurse. If you go to the OB where you can be in, you know, and there's other tracks too, you know, you go into an ICU nurse, which could help you get on a track to, if you wanted to be a, a nurse anesthetist, Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's just so many nursing avenues that you can go to, which opens so many doors. And so I think that's the hardest thing. Having a master's degree, uh, working in sonography is a lot of those doors that and, and, and if the nurses go into these other departments, then they're meeting more people, more people might like them. Yeah. Um, whereas you're stuck in this department and if, if you're not well liked, um, you might yeah, opportunity for growth is it might never come your way. And so the only opportunity yeah. is, is, you know, and I've been lucky traveling as long as I have that I've ran into people that have liked me. And so like, I've been offered different managerial jobs and, and given opportunities to move up that I've accepted at different points. Um, and so I think that that's like the, the best thing you can find is literally it's just people and yeah liking you and, and giving you a chance thinking you can, bring something to the table um but yeah yeah i think that's that's the only question i or answer i can think of um i think we spent to be honest with you, i spent way more time on that than i thought we would so we have another question but i'll we'll yeah. save it for the next episode because i okay. want to give you a chance to talk about um some uh travel stuff right 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 and yeah then we're going to do the best part which is the question so this is true i think uh and so uh, we got a couple questions here. Um, the travel, they wanted us to talk about anatomy scans uh, mm. with ultrasound. Yeah. The um, garbage. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the biggest thing is, is a sonographer. When you have people coming in, they want to know the gender. Is this, this is a gender reveal party. It's not a, a gender yeah. reveal party. Like we're, we're very much, trying to make sure that your baby has a head, that your baby has a brain, that your baby has, you know, five, all the fingers, all the toes. Yeah. So I, I think that as a mother and father, you don't realize that we're looking at a lot of different things and it's, and it's difficult um, because the yeah. babies, the babies are moving around, you know, you're, you're not just looking at a liver, something that's staying still. Yeah. Static. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's also where, you know, the babies lie. So sometimes Patients might might get upset that you're not seeing something particularly well the way that you want to see it. And so you have that patient go out for a minute or roll a certain way or or if if we don't have time, you you know, you got to come back, which also sucks because then we have to do it. We have to do everything again. You have to come back again. So you have to make that trip again. And so it just it it sucks for everything. But like Mm -hmm. it's the best thing that we can do to make sure that we get all the images that we see. And then, so I think we kind of really beat the drum of we're not just here to find out the gender. It's, it's not what yeah. this is for. This is, if there's, there are those things that exist, I, I, like my, I don't know what they're called, but where you can go there and they, they take a bunch of videos and pictures and find out the gender. And like, that's all this is about, but we're here to like try to diagnose and, and be diagnostic with, this exam. And so, uh, and I think, um, okay, I'm trying to, I'm trying to read what the next question here. Oh, and I think, yeah. And I think also it's, they said it's misunderstood like pregnancy. If you look at all of the the movies and things where people are like, Oh, it's just, you know, you go in and they just put the probe on you and you just see everything. And like, that's just the way it is. It's like, that's not it at all. Like one of the highest, MSK injuries for sonographers come from people who do long-term pregnancy scans because you're just how you're constantly moving your arm all over the belly yeah. and in different places and move it. Like it's just, um, it's very conducive to, to injuries. And so it, this is a very like in-depth exam to where sometimes a lot of times the OB doctors will even come in or mm-hmm. back check things um, because this is, you, you, you don't want to say you have, miss down syndrome or, or something like that. Like this yeah. is as a radiologist. I mean, this is probably like a super 
this is a scary exam because if you're going to get sued, I feel like this is a big one where oh yeah, you yeah. miss somebody, you miss somebody's kid who has Down or something like that. Like that's like that's yeah a really big deal. Um, and so yeah, I think those answered I guess fairly quickly. What uh, I don't think it's a bad thing if one I think you should stress I, I can stress too. You're not allowed to say anything. You as the tech are not allowed to say anything to the patient, mm-hmm. not just for OB but in general. So. Right. I get peeved when patients are asking, like when they ask you guys, what do you see? I mean, if you're comfortable telling them, it's just like a grossly negative gallbladder exam and you want to tell them, Hey, I think it's, I don't see anything. Fine. Whatever. That's on you. But I think patients need to understand that techs cannot say anything. So just because they leave, don't say anything and they come back with a radiologist or OB or whatever is not necessarily a bad thing. The, you know, getting someone to back scan is sometimes, like you said, part of the mm-hmm. protocol at different institutions. And it should be, for, especially for, you know, second and third trimester scans. Right. Um, so I don't, I think that's an aspect yeah. that people overlook. I think in general, it's a good thing too. Cause I think like if I have an idea and I say, okay, I think it's this and I'm, I'm 99%, I'm hundred percent sure but yeah. I want to bring you in and you say, yes, it's this. I mean, it's just getting another opinion to you're, you're confirming what I'm thinking or you're not, you know, like we're do we're giving you like Supreme care. Yeah. Like, I care about you enough. Like I'm treating you like a member of my family where I, if, I'm going to make sure that I'm right. And yeah. if I'm wrong, I'm making sure that I'm wrong or whatever it is. Like I'm, I'm doing what's best for you. And it's taking me extra time, extra effort. Mm-hmm but I'm going to get it right. And so that's, that's our ultimate goal. And I feel like that kind of, yeah, the, the patients, I literally every, uh, I should say every patient, but like almost every patient asks me like, what do you see? What do you see? What do you see? Oh, they always ask. And and I get it. Like, and I say like, you know, that's, that's a great question. Um, You know, we'll leave that up. Get this like the vague answer. So it makes it look like you have no, right. No idea what you're doing. And and what do you mean? You don't know. It's like, no, I can't, I can't tell you. Right. It's not that I don't know what I'm looking at. I just, I can't tell you what I'm looking at. So, and I've had patients that, nu- and I know we're kind of getting off to the side, but I've had patients to kind of like nudge the bear that they're like, well, oh, you guys just don't know what you're talking about then it's oh, just yeah. to, see, to kind of see. Like if- you think I'm a kindergartner? You're trying to provoke me into telling <laughs> yeah, you what I'm like, exactly what they try to do. They try to provoke you into being like, well, I'm actually smart. Like, I'll tell you what it is. And they're like, yeah. oh, gotcha. And you're like, no. Well, like, you're questioning whatever. the size of my balls. I'm going to tell you what I see. <laughs> Come on. No, I'm not, I'm not going to tell you that. And it's also, especially uh, for ultrasound and fluoro, we do a lot of fluoro with the patient in the room. <clears throat> you're asking me, one, to diagnose it quickly, mm-hmm. right? So as a, as a radiologist, if I were to come in, I had looked at your images maybe, what, 30 seconds, a minute. So I'm like, okay, here's what Dennis thinks it is. I briefly yeah. look at it. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I think so. Let's right. go. So I'm briefly looking at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fluoro, I'm looking at a screen that's not diagnostic. So yeah. I'm going to maybe my opinion is going to change when I go back to my station. I have a gazillion thousand dollar monitor that I'm going to look at. It's way better than what I'm looking at. And I look at it for longer than 30 seconds. Maybe I see something that I didn't originally see. So there's plenty of reasons as to why I don't tell people right. what the what I what I see on the screen. Right. That's just a smart. That's so a, and you're not gonna you're not gonna provoke me into telling you what I think I see. Right. right. Yeah, too much too much schooling. Too much. Yeah. Much knowledge. Too much. Yeah. It, it's. I just have too much. To, everyone has too much to lose. If I tell you it's it's X and it turns out it's Y or Z, I have too much to lose. Right. So I'm just gonna tell you, hey, everything we're done with the scan. We got what we needed. I'll go back and look at it. Your your doctor will get a report and whatever, and then you guys will go from there. Like I'm not going to tell you you don't have cholecystitis when it turns out, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either you either it's equivocal, and I have to now get an extra scan that I didn't tell you about or whatever. So I just I'm not going to do it. Right. Yeah, I think like maybe I, we'll have maybe we'll have one episode where we just like all of the excuses that we have had to use of just not telling people. Yeah. <laughs> most of the time i don't make an excuse i just walk yeah, out yeah. like i'm not gonna yeah yeah um, not even entertain there's one sensitive we've already talked about ob there's one if i do an hsg in floral mm-hmm. i will tell them the mm-hmm. tubes are open because right. they're the ones that they kind of freak out and they're like it's a very invasive one two it's i'm telling you in their minds i'm telling them they can or can't get pregnant even though it's not really how it works but 
so yeah. I do tell them if, I th if it's not normal, I don't say anything, but if it's normal, I'll tell them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this discussion got me thinking about a question <laughs> okay. uh, that's ultrasound related and we all have an answer. I don't know what mine would be off the top of my head, but I want you to picture, I mean, a picture, a perfect day of okay. ultrasound for you, you know, eight hours. I mean, you're just rock hard through the whole day. Like nothing's gone wrong. Mm -hmm. And then you get a printout from the printer for a study. Yeah. And it says this, this scan on it. And yeah. it just immediately you lose all just gone. Your day's ruined. Mm -hmm. so essentially what's your least favorite scan and don't give me one that you like never do yeah yeah i want a scan that you do pretty so don't say second or third trimester because you don't do it that often even if that is your answer yeah. i want one that you like you do pretty much daily weekly whatever a regular basis like if um, you're if you're a dickhead and you're like i'm gonna cherry pick this is one i will never take somebody else will always do this one I think as a is a and you you're probably not gonna like my answer, but I think as oh, yeah. a is a is a male um, staying away from female exams if that's I can. Perfect answer. Yeah. I think I think those are the ones where and I think that's is this is like this is where the department can work really great is if you have men in the department and women in the department uh, as a male, you know we can do the testicles or the yep. male exams and the females mm -hmm. they can do the transvaginals and those particular exams and it just it makes sense for the department i think patients are probably less uncomfortable um mm -hmm. i know as a as a guy if i was coming in i would probably rather have a guy oh 100 not even uh, a question yeah do my exam just because it's just it's it's on i don't know it can be uncomfortable it's already uncomfortable you're coming yeah. in you're coming in and scan yeah. my nads that's uncomfortable <laughs> so i want yeah. someone who also has a set of nads to right. come in and be like, Oh man, I can empathize with just like a female would want right. you're coming in for a transvaginal. They would want someone who can empathize with them also, yeah. you know, getting a transvaginal. So I think it's, that's a, that's almost the answer I expected you to pick since I eliminated like second and third trimester. <laughs> I thought you would say that or something vascular related. Uh, I, I, was close to, do. I was close to saying, um, I think a hard, I think a second would be like fistulas. Shout uh, out Rob, you know? Yeah, shout out. And I and I only say and I only say fistulas because a lot of times the I worked at facilities that they didn't exactly explain what they attached the fistula to. Is it a, a brachial mm -hmm. spell? Is it a, a you know basilic? Uh, yeah. You know, and so you're going in there and you're like, which vessel did they attach this to? And so if you don't have it like specifically written out for you. Um, if they're coming from some other facility or whatever it is, like that can be like a pain in the neck because they can be tortuous and you're like, I, yeah. which vessel am I really following? And so those, those can be nightmares, um, as well. So, yeah, but I, 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 I think so. And I guess is why men and women work great in the hospital is, is you have yeah. both people. Yeah. And, 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 I, and it is nice when I can go and I can tell when, when men see me and they're like, you know what I'm talking about? Like when you get this and you feel this and you're like, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Or, or women come in, they're like, you know, childbirth. And I'm like, I have no idea. Not a clue. <laughs> so let me go get somebody who does. You know? Yeah. Let me find somebody who has so. an idea of what you're talking about. All right. So I feel like we've answered all. Is that all the. Yeah. I mean, I've had some, I could throw in, I could throw in a couple other questions like uh, the travel stuff. Pets were a big question. I could just throw that yeah. one out there for just. Yeah, go for it. I, I, I Traveling with pets is, is traveling alone. It's difficult to find housing with the markets, how everything is right now. Yeah. I think houses in general are expensive everywhere, especially I need a furnished house. I need it for the only, the only godsend is we need it for three months. And so mm -hmm. I can, as opposed to month to month, which is going to be a lot more expensive. I need it for three months. I work in healthcare. So then that person knows I'm going to pay you. I'm only going to yeah. be here for three months. I'm probably not going to be at the house a lot. And so I'm going to be out trying to do things, trying to see areas. So the traveler, that's what you want to do. And so we're like the prime market of people who want to make mm -hmm. money, not get their stuff ruined. But then you throw in the pets. And I think a lot of people are like, uh, my stuff might get ruined. Like you're going to have dogs that are, yeah. going to, are going to bark all the time or the cats are going to scratch everything or, or something like that. So that really makes it more difficult. So I leave those fuckers at home. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> Um, 
I would never tell you to leave your loved ones at home. Yeah. Uh, if you, if you have somebody that can watch them or whatever, like that would probably save you a lot of more money because it's going to be more expensive. And then you're going to have to do, if you're traveling by yourself and you're working 12 hour shifts, you have to, I would think, take them to daycare or take them to, yeah. I mean, if it's a cat, I guess, you know, it's self-sufficient, whatever, but if it's a dog, you need to give it stimulation and um, those kind of things. So I think, I think if you can do that, leave it at home. Great. But if you have to take them with you, be prepared it's going to cost you. Yeah. And, and it's going to, it's going to, to cost round you it off. I'm, I'm assuming none of that is reimbursable. No, it's kind oh, of no. your own thing. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's on okay. you. It's your, that's your life decision to, to have pets, which yeah. is a great decision. Moral of the story. Don't have, don't have pets. <laughs> I did not say do not have pets. I would never say don't have pets. Gage has a cat. Just, you know, he's I kidding. Do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So I think we somehow managed to drag out 50 minutes and we're going to, we have to get my favorite segment in. So Let's do it. I'll, I'll leave it up to you. Do you want to do the question or do you want to do like the, this or that? Ooh. Uh, give me, you know what? Give me, give me the question. We how, Can we do the question? Maybe like two, this or that? Mm, or no. Let's just do this or that. Okay. This I feel like this. that's, that's, that's what you're into. Let's do it. Okay. okay so it. we're going to do a little segment called this or that. I'm just going to give, We'll give Dennis two options. I'll answer it too, but you're going to go first. I'll okay. give you two options. You pick one and tell me why. Right. These are very, these are just like off the cuff, very basic things, nothing um, weird. So the first one I have, I'm very, I'm vague on purpose, but so I want you to elaborate. So the first one is hot or cold. All right. So this is, this was a tough one. I went back and forth. I'm going to say hot because if I could live anywhere, I always would choose to live like by the beach, by the ocean, where it's yeah. warm, yeah. down down south. Give me, give me hot. But see, I, I, don't I, want, I won't, I won't hedge too much. In my house, I like it cold. I like yeah. it cool. So this, it should be a straightforward answer, but it's not. I'm, I agree. I would, I would choose hot because I'm moving to a hot state. Like that's why I'm moving there. I don't want winter anymore. Um, I also prefer my, I sleep with a fan on even in the winter. So I prefer to be cold in the house. Mm -hmm. I also prefer cold beverages. Like I don't like hot drink. I don't drink coffee. I don't drink uh, hot tea, anything like that. So what should be a straightforward answer is very, turns out is very nuanced, but overall, I think we're both going to pick hot. That's interesting because I don't drink coffee or tea either. Like I've never, it's not. I drink cold, like I drink iced tea, but I don't drink hot tea. I don't drink coffee. I maybe I like iced coffee. I don't know. I just never had it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So both hot. So the next one, pro or college? This one's kind of easy, I think, for both of us. But I've, you know, I've always taken, took pro. Uh, I've, yeah. I've went towards MBA. Everybody I've ever talked to, aside from probably literally you, has always mm-hmm. wanted to talk about college sports and college yeah. this and college that. I think, I think going, even going to games, I'd rather go to the competition is so much. At oh, a higher yeah. level to watch. That's, that's such an easy answer. Sometimes you watch one. a college sport and you're just like, this is. It's crazy. I would also choose pro. It's it's crazy. Basketball is the easiest. The example that comes to my mind first, because people are like, oh, college basketball players defense. They play defense, whereas the NBA doesn't. I'm like, let's, let's stop and think about it now. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. the, the guys in the NBA are freaks. Yeah. LeBron James is 38 has a something wrong with his foot and they still couldn't, you still couldn't guard him. Nope. You know, AD Jokic is seven foot and he can do all of this stuff. So I'm like, no, the guys in the NBA try to play defense. Yeah. They're just so good that it, they make them look like they're not playing defense. Whereas guys in the college, they, they can play defense and they're not very good at offense. So, <laughs> yeah. And I'm with scary. you. I would rather watch LeBron just dip his nuts on someone's head when he's 12 foot in the air. Right, like that's that's what you go to these games for. It's true. You know, I want to watch Patrick Mahomes run around like he's in the backyard, making these guys look foolish, and then he just flicks his wrist and it's sixty yards down the field. Yeah, like it's it's just it's easy. It's an easy answer. So I think I think people would pick college because it's something that they could have played, or they maybe they mm-hmm. were a part of. Like you played a college sport. Yeah, and so you're like, yeah, like I was a part of such and such. Yeah. And I, you know, you have that bias of being a part of something and so i think that's yeah that's probably fair yeah yeah all right next one i'll skip number three and we'll come back to it so the next one is would you rather drive an american or a foreign car 
I, you know, we might differ here. I'm going to say American just because mm-hmm. I think it's easier to, to fix. It's easier yeah. to be worked on. Mm-hmm. Cars, I know cars mean a, a lot more to you than they mean to me. My car is what's going to get me from A to B. I don't yeah. really care what it looks like. I mean, do yeah. I want, I mean, if you're going to give me a Lambo, I mean, I'll, yeah, sure, I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm going to say American because America. Yeah. I also took American because I drive, I like a certain type of car, mm-hmm. which is a muscle car. That's what I drive now. Yeah, yeah. Foreign cars, foreign cars, they do, they sound different. They are different, whatever. Uh, I just like the sound of an American like muscle car, yeah. uh, which unfortunately given the electric era is kind of disappearing. But as I become an attending, my answer is going to change because I can now afford a Mercedes or a Benz or BM, whatever I can afford, you know, all that stuff now. Right, right. With the right. exception of like the super cars like McLarens and Lambo, yeah. I can't afford those. But yeah, yeah. it's, it's going to be interesting with the, like you said, with the electric cars, because you're not going to have like, I wonder if cars are going to like input like the, the noise. Uh, like, so they, some, I forget it was Dodge maybe. They tried like when they revealed their electric engine, uh-huh. they, they added a sound that was supposed to mimic the V8, but yeah, it's not yeah. the same. No. Right? It's imitation. You can tell the difference between real crab and fake crab. It's the same right. thing. It's, it's like what was it? I went to a, a monster truck rally, and I was like, "Can you imagine like all these monster trucks are electric?" That's what it sounds like. <laughs> it's just, just, it's just cruising all around there. You're just like, "What the heck?" Like it doesn't have grave diggers just, <laughs> just trying to come on. No, I right. want you know sixty inch tires. I want you know half a mile to the gallon. Like I want the you know, I want all that. So, yeah, yeah. But that's the American in us talking. So, this is true. This is true. All right. Second, or one, we got two more. Next one dogs or cats. This one's easy for you. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm going to split my answer here. Uh, currently, it's cats because I live a lifestyle where I, I'm not home very much. Yeah. So, for Sam specifically, if I put food in her bowl and water, I could leave her alone for a week and she's not going to care. Mm-hmm. You know, she she has a box she pisses and shits in that makes it easy. Uh, if you leave a dog home for a week by themselves, they're going to destroy your house. Just yeah. destroy it. Yeah. So I think now cats. In a perfect world, I would be a dog person. Right. Right. That's My true. biggest issue with dog people is that they just adamantly hate cats for no good reason. Whereas cat people are like, oh yeah, dogs are cool. It's kind of like how I just explained. Dogs are cool too. <laughs> <laughs> but dog people just refuse to believe cats are a thing. They just hate them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 interesting. I, I never thought about both ways like that. Th- this last question, I'm not. Oh man. Okay. Uh, I, I feel like you should answer this last question first because I'm I, I'm confused. So we've worked in we've worked in both. But would you rather work in an academic setting uh, or a private practice setting? The biggest. <laughs> what would the biggest thing training right academic center is going to have a whole bunch of residents a whole bunch of fellows it's probably going to mean be more subspecialized uh whereas private practice is you're going to be more of a generalist it's probably just you and the radiologist that you're going to work with yeah probably a smaller hospital Um, i don't know the difference pay wise for radiologists private practice pays way more than academic pays right um so for me personally i'd rather work in a private practice i don't want to work with residents or fellows right i want to make more money i don't want to do research yeah Um, all things i would have to do at an academic center so it's private practice is the easy answer for me yeah i think and i think i think this this could vary on what you're looking for i think if you're young in the i don't know if you're i'm just talking sonography wise if you're a young Mm -hmm. sonographer in the field and you want to learn a whole bunch of different stuff academic wise maybe they're going to have a lot of opportunities a lot of papers Mm -hmm. on research and so you might be a part of something that is growing that's in it versus maybe the private practice is just they've got what they do yeah we're we're here to make money this is what we do we're here to take care of our patients but i'm not going to bring in we're not trying to do research and do papers and do that kind of stuff this is it and so i think maybe as you get more established and you get more comfortable in your field that you're like, okay, let's just like, I just want to do these couple things and go home. And as opposed mm-hmm. to getting something published or working on something, um, it just probably depends on the kind of person you are. I think for me, I would probably, I like the academic stuff. I like still kind of like learning things. Nerds. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. No. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. 
So I think that we need to come up with like a cool name for this and that. I don't know. We'll think of something. Yeah. Like hot take. Just a fun little twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of just the general. We have questions. Don't worry. Those are we'll get one of those next episode. But I'm excited for the next that question. I've I've thought very heavily about it, which you guys will have to fill in next time because it's a good one. Um and so I think All right, so I think we reached the hour mark, so we'll probably have to let's cut it there. Give the usual spiel. You can find us on um uh, Instagram, TikTok, red underscore talk underscore DG, email. Uh, we, I know we didn't talk about my my side of things in terms of residency and all that, but if you have questions about that or any travel questions for Dennis, you you email us at radtalkwithdg at gmail.com. Yep, uh, right. And you'll know, depending on the question, will depend on who answers, you know. Mm-hmm, for sure. But uh, and apparently we're on... Engages on Reddit as well, so hit him up on Reddit. Oh yeah, Reddit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what are we? What's? Oh, Spotify. We're on Spotify, Apple, and Podbean. I don't know how Podbean works. Being frank, I don't know if it's a site you go to and you just like, like I know Apple. You go to it, you search Red Talk, <clears throat> and then our picture would pop up and you click it and listen. That's how it works for Spotify. I don't know if that's how it works for same thing. Podbean. Podbean. Yep, same thing. Okay, all the same across the board. So. Yeah, hit us up, guys. We look forward. We'll we'll see you guys again soon.